This podcast is intended for adults 18 years and older. It contains explicit language and sexual situations. All thoughts and opinions expressed are of our own and not of those of any specific group, employer, or individual, and is not intended to take as professional advice. Welcome to the Foreplay Podcast. Join the journey, experiences, and sexual adventures of two high school sweethearts navigating their way through the swinging lifestyle as millennials. Come along for the ride. Let's play. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Foreplay Podcast. It's Bella. This is Jace. This episode is all about Bliss Cruise. And well, spoiler alert, we really, really did like it because uh, we already are booked for Bliss November 2022. And we are also booked for Temptation Cruise. We are going to be on Temptation Cruise February 14th through the 19th of 2022. And we want to see you guys there. We want to meet you guys. We want to party with you guys. And if you guys book through us, book through our link, and you can find that at foreplay.com slash temptation cruise 2022 that's the number four o-u-r-p-l-a-y.com you can be part of the foreplay crew and you get a personalized name necklace and also an exclusive shirt that everybody who books through us will be wearing one day on the cruise ship and then you'll get information for the meetups and maybe we'll have a dinner or something that time too and so make sure you guys book through us and we can't wait to see you guys there moving on to the november 2021 bliss cruise review Yes, Here this go. is going to be our honest, just biased opinions. Biased? What are you talking about? Well, it's whatever we think. So isn't that biased? That's by us, but not biased. It's not biased? No, because the bias would be like, oh, hey, like we oh, are yeah, working with right. the company. Because we're the- not. This is an unbiased opinion. Yeah, should we take that I think it's kind of funny. Okay. <laughs> I repeat, this is unbiased. I am a dumb fuck and said biased on accident. By unbiased. us. Yes, an biased. unbiased by us. That is what I was trying to say. <laughs> Tongue twister, that is why I fucked up. <laughs> this podcast is going to be a tiny bit more structured than normal because what we did was we wrote down after we got off the list all the things we wanted to talk about. And so it's going to kind of go in a little bit of an order, but that way we make sure that we get across everything we wanted to talk about because we had so many questions going in and we want to answer the questions for you guys. The first thing you want to say about it is we got to meet some of you guys, which was so cool. We had several people walk up to us and say that they listened to the podcast or TikTok or any of these different platforms that we're on. And it was just so awesome. We met people like Colette before, but to see people that are from all over the country and stuff get to meet people. And we saw people that had ordered merch through our shop. And that was so cool. It was so cool to see people that, that I don't know, just have supported us and people that it's just incredible to meet any of you guys and get to say hello. And so that was honestly, I think the biggest highlight for me out of everything on the entire ship was getting to meet people, um, and talk I, to you all face-to-face and hang yeah. out with you. And it was just so cool. That's why we really want you guys to go on Bliss Cruise 2022 and Temptation Cruise because we just love meeting you. And I feel like those like vacation spots are the, the easiest place for everybody to mm-hmm. come together because, I yes. mean, it's from all – I mean, we met people from across the world on the cruise. So. Yeah, and if you ever see us in person, whether it's on a cruise or Colette or a club or whatever it is, please come say hello. Always come say hello because we have people that said they were like – us in person and we're too nervous to say hello please come say hello we love 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 to meet anybody and so um yeah that i just want to start by saying that because that was just such a cool 
cool experience to see people from all over and make friends from all over and people that have listened. And it's just truly like as heartfelt and gratitude as I can say that um, it was awesome. And thank you for that, for the people that came up and said hello, because it really means a lot. We love you guys. We got to meet so many different swinging creators on this ship. The, um, a lot of them were podcasters. And so we met Two Hot Wives, Sapphic Swingers, Torrid Soul, Swinger Diaries, Swinger University, and Swing Fashion, Swinger Comics from Twitter. And so we will link everybody below. But please go check out everyone's podcast and all of their content because also amazing. And it was just so cool to meet so many creators and people yeah. who do the same thing as us and so, people that you've listened to but you don't like you know but you don't know them and then to actually like meet them in person and put faces with names and all of that it's just it was such a cool experience and just i don't know it was incredible so and meeting people who inspired you to do what you do i mean swinger diaries i know they don't podcast anymore but pen and page i've been doing it forever they were one of the first ones and one of the first podcasts i ever listened to swinger wise and so it was so cool meeting them and just being able to thank them and then sapphic swingers for the reason why we were on bliss cruise is because of sapphic swingers because they talk about it years ago i remember listening to their podcast about bliss cruise and how they always go on november bliss cruise and i was like we gotta go and so we booked this one two years ago and mm-hmm. then COVID happened so then it got pushed and so It was really, really cool meeting everyone. So again, go in the show notes below and listen to all of their podcasts. There are some things that you can do called pre-parties, and we didn't go to any of these. If you book through a travel agent, I know Topless Travel does it, SLS. I think Topless Travel actually is with SLS, but Right Connections is also another adult travel agency, and they will have different pre-parties that you can pay to go to the night before. We didn't do that. We also feel like, and after talking to other people about it, we feel like it not, not wasn't really necessary either because once you got on the ship you there were so many people there and everyone's just so nice you just kind of meet everyone then Mm -hmm. i think that the idea for the pre-party is to break some uh, to to do icebreaker so you go in knowing some people but i don't think that that's necessary Mm -mm. but and honestly for me seven days of like swinger parties in a row it's not like i really needed one more night So I was fine, like, not going to a pre-party. But there is, like, several pre-parties that do happen through us at different sorts of um, travel agents and just different places. So that is an option if you want to do, like, pre-party because the seven days is not enough for you. (laughs) Which, you know, if you need eight days, I don't blame you, though. And I needed my rest that day before (laughs) because that first day I was going to go hard. So I couldn't imagine partying that night before and then going on the ship the first day. Yeah. We just slept the whole day before. So we were ready to party the whole first day. (laughs) And with everything with COVID and currently the cruise ship mandates are a little bit different. And so we wanted to touch on that. The CDC mandates currently everybody has to be, it was a hundred percent vaccinated and you had to have both shots two weeks prior to getting on the ship you also had to take a test Mm -hmm. 48 hours before or no more than 48 hours before getting well it wasn't like 48 hours two days Mm -hmm. so two days before the sale date you had to have a negative test you had to make sure you had proof of your test and you had to have your physical cdc vaccination card Mm -hmm. 
with all of your passport, that kind of stuff. And that is what they checked before you got onto the cruise and before you were able to get on the cruise. It was kind of cool, though, because so we've been on another cruise. That was a vanilla cruise um, since COVID. And the mask mandates were very, like, heavy, if you want to say that, because it was chartered and because it was 100% vaccinated. Once you were on the ship, you did not have to wear a mask. You did whenever you got off the boat, if you were going to a port and getting back on the ship. But when you were on the ship, you did not have to wear a mask, which was, um, it was cool to be able to see people face to face and talk to people. So that was um, a kind of a nice thing that we were able to experience as far as mandates go. The reason why the other cruise ships have to have masks for all of the passengers is because they they allow children on there and not all children can be vaccinated. And so because it's I think they say it's 90 or 95 percent vaccinated for a a normal vanilla cruise, at least the ones that we've been on so far. Um, This one had to be 100 percent vaccinated Mm. and all of the workers were all wearing masks. Yeah. Demographic wise, I would say it was pretty similar to what you would see at any sort of swingers club. I would say that the majority of people fell between the ages of 40 to 50 was the biggest crowd, I would say. There was definitely people of all age ranges. It was really nice because they weren't super busy, but they did have different age group meetups. So they'd have like an under 45 meetup or a 45 to 55 meetup. So there was spaces that they tried to say like, hey, from this time to this time, and it was in your little cruise compass type thing that... There's a meetup for your age range or this age range or whatever your age range is. So they did try to, I think, cultivate spaces where you could find people that were maybe more your age. But um, it was it was pretty much the same demographic, I would say, that you would see at a normal swingers club on any given Saturday. I know a lot of people we've gotten in the past had questions of, does everybody have a model body and does everybody just look absolutely stunning and the answer is it's very similar to going to an airport i mean minus the kids so imagine going to an airport or going to a place with a lot of people you will see people of all shapes sizes races everything there are people who have super fit muscular bodies and there are people who don't have that and so Don't let that discourage you from going because it is a vast variety. I will say, I think most people are trying to look their best because this is a a lot of the time, this is their one vacation. And so people, I mean, I know Jace and I worked really hard for six weeks before going on the cruise to look our best. So I do think people do look really good in general, but not everybody is a size two or huge, huge muscles or anything like that. Not everyone. Yeah. Including myself. Getting there. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> the size of the ship was, I would say, a little probably overwhelming. It This was the biggest lifestyle event of all time, ever. It was at 80% capacity, which I think put it at around 4,600 people total, so like 2,300 couples. That is a huge lifestyle event it also was on the oasis of the seas we didn't talk about this earlier oasis of the seas royal caribbean ship which is at the time of filming this is the third biggest cruise ship ever Uh and it's only smaller by a foot or two from the other ones so imagine that is like already huge and so all of that being swingers was pretty crazy yeah it was it was cool in the sense that there was so many people that there was it was there was always new friends to make. There was always 
there's always going to be people that you find attractive or your type because there's just so many people. So you're always going to find so many different people. With that being said, the biggest issue is because the ship is so large, you might meet somebody and then not see them again for three days. And we felt like a lot of the people that if we did see them multiple days in a row, it was the same spot. Like maybe you'd see the people, you were at the same pool as them every day, or you were at the same club as them every night, but you didn't see them during the day. And that was the hardest part for me is you'd make these connections and like people and then have trouble finding them again later. And that, that was what I think I didn't love about the size of the ship. It was fun. And we talked to a lot of people who have been on some of the other ones. And they also said that this many people was probably a little bit too much. Overwhelming. But it was still awesome. But it was absolutely huge. And not only was there just so many people, because the ship was so big and there were so many places to be on the ship in general, that's why it was hard to find people too. We did want to touch on clicks a little bit. We've had people email us and ask about like Colette, like, oh, we feel like people running clicks there. Like that's, it's just little groups. I will say on this cruise that there definitely was clicks, if you want to call them that. There was the groups of people that hung out together all the time. You always saw them together. But as a general rule, people were really nice. I do think that it is harder to go make friends when it is a whole group of people like that because if people have known each other for a long time, it is difficult to kind of I don't use the word infiltrate because you're not trying to like sneak into a group, but to get into that group of people that have already had a connection for a long time, I do think is harder. But, it's just intimidating. That's mm-hmm. what it is. It's hard to – if you're a couple, just one couple trying to go into a group of people that you want to be friends with everyone but they've just known each other for a long time. And these these groups that seem like cliques, they booked their, their vacation together and that's why – at least that's what we found. The groups that were actual groups that we just saw together all the time, they didn't all just meet there. Usually they had already known each other. They've been – traveling together for years and so they booked this a year ago already and so that's why they stick together with all that being said i would say as a general rule pretty much everyone that we talked to was extremely nice and we even had people like maybe we saw one couple outside of the group and they're like hey come with us and meet our friends so like it's definitely you can make friends with anybody but there is groups of people that do hang out all the time together but I'd say the general rule, if you're kind and you go up and say hello, most people are really, really friendly. So that's just kind of, I guess, something to keep in mind. Jason and I went onto the cruise only with each other, only knowing each other, except for one couple who we're friends with from back in Dallas. So shout out to you guys. You guys know who you are. And um, they were the only ones we knew, but we didn't go in with a group or anything. But we're, these groups that we're talking about that we saw that were kind of hung out together, we ended up becoming friends with them. And that was just us being more open and being taking that leap and talking to people even though we were scared too and mm-hmm. so just if we could do it you guys can do it too <laughs> yeah and like we even had one like we added everyone on instagram we got everyone's phone numbers and even one of the guys texted me he was like hey we're so glad that we like added you guys to like you're part of our group now and this is one of the groups that traveled together before and so it's and we're like we're going to temptation on temptation cruise some of those people are going and so like you really can make friends with anybody and people are really nice, but you do have to like put yourself out there because a group isn't going to come up and talk to you. You're going to have to make the effort to go talk to a group. Exactly. The way that the ship was set up was cool because there was the promenade deck, which was the most popping deck, I would say, especially at night before the after parties. They made some of the bars there different travel agent places. And then they also had the meetups there and 
every night before you got an itinerary that told you what was going on for the next day. So you knew exactly where to go to do the activities you wanted to do. They had seminars, they had some uh, teaching things. And then at night, that's where the party was. And you would just walk down along the promenade and you could see all the different costumes and everybody was mingling there. Yes. And people do dress up. Men and women dress up. For the most part, everyone is on theme. I went with like normal stuff. I was like, oh, if I was a Colette Dallas, this would be pretty dressed up. It was not. When we say dress up, we mean dressing up for the theme. Yes. Not dressing up being fancy. Yeah, but like people went all out for the themes. It was awesome. And I know that from the in the future, I will go more all out personally on the themes just because I felt almost like underdressed compared to some people sometimes because some people's outfits were just incredible. And so... That's something to know, too, that people do really dress up, and I don't know how many luggages they bring to bring the stuff that they bring, <laughs> but people really dress up, and it is awesome. The playrooms is, I'm sure, a big question for pretty much everybody because it was a big question for us. So it was a little bit, I heard, different this year than some of the years. They had the big playroom, which was open in the evenings from 10 until 3 a.m., I believe, was on the solarium deck, which is the front of the ship on this, and it's on the 15th and 16th floor. There was tons and tons of beds. I think the, over maybe 150 beds, something like that. There was, was a lot of beds. It was a lot of beds. And this was kind of an indoor-outdoor thing, if that makes sense. It was like an open-air type of venue, And I heard with the CDC regulations, that's what they had to do was use the solarium. So at night, sometimes it was a little bit cooler, but they kept the hot tubs going. So like it was generally a pretty comfortable temperature. It was just very windy. And some nights it was very windy, but you had to not wear any clothes in there. You weren't allowed to wear clothes. You could only wear a towel. You had to carry everything else in a bag. That they provided for you. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty much all you were able to wear in there. So you would, they'd give you a bag and you would get your towels outside of the solarium, right where, in the solarium's connected to the pool deck. So then you would strip out of your clothes <laughs> there, or I guess you could do it in your room if you wanted to, and then come down already just in a towel, but they did not allow you, you had to walk in together as a couple and you had to leave together as a couple. So you couldn't go to the bathroom with only one person. Both of you had to go. Which was extremely, extremely frustrating that the fact that there was no restroom in the solarium and I mean, so, that's not their fault. Yes, like, I understand but it. Should have it. Been, it should have been planned somehow better because the fact of how many people are drinking, you do need to use the restroom. So if your spouse is, let's say, in the hot tub every single time, either one of you has to get up, walk out, bring your stuff, bring it. It was just a hassle to use the restroom. So I think that that's one thing that was a big flaw about the playrooms. The beds were set up all around the outer perimeter and of the solarium and they had curtains and so you could close the curtains if you want although it did blow open a lot because of all the wind up there and then they also had more open beds without the curtains kind of in the middle of the solarium too they had almost these couches that were rounded and there was a bed in the middle so you could sit and watch which was really cool Mm -hmm. on the 16th deck that one was also open area and they had some they had less beds up there but that one you didn't have to be a couple you could go in by yourself or say 
you and your partner play separately. One person could go when you did not have to be, go in and leave as a couple. But there weren't any hot tubs up there. Yes. It was just beds. And that also that area seemed to be generally way less crowded. Yeah than the one with the couples like way way less crowded the other playroom they had was specific days in the conference room on uh, i believe deck three and that you did not have to be naked to go in and you there was no curtains on that one it was maybe 15 20 beds just laid throughout spaced out it was pretty dark in there and they did, yeah, they had different themes. They had like an only woman playtime. So like only women are allowed to go in there. They had, I think they had a BBC playtime one day. There was just different theme play. And then they had normal playtimes as they, well. They had a bi couple play time, which I think was really cool. We ended up not going to any of them because we were preoccupied doing other things. Mm-hmm. But I wish we had, I wish we hadn't taken the time or I wish we had the time to have gone and go yeah, look at we it. We did but. go and at least walk in to just see what the yeah. room was like. And it was really cool. I'm glad that they, they'd have those, but it definitely was way smaller than the, the other playroom. And upstairs. it wasn't a very, not near a sexy atmosphere. No, it looked just like in a conference room in a hotel. Like if you ever went to a hotel takeover <laughs> and they have like the room upstairs where there's usually like a stripper pole flung in there and some chairs, <laughs> that's exactly what it looked like. So not a very sexy atmosphere, but nice that they had the option. The lighting was dim, so that was nice, but there wasn't music or anything. It just felt kind of awkward to me. In and it there. was just like sex sounds. Which is it- hot, but... I felt like it needed music would have been good yeah this podcast is brought to you by us Bella and Jace if you've ever been hanging out with your friends things are going a little bit slow you're wanting to move things forward not quite knowing where or how to start doing that you guys should definitely check out our game it's called foreplay the game you can find more information about that at foreplay.com slash games that's the number four o-u-r-p-l-a-y.com slash games we it's this perfect swinger icebreaker game we also have different ones like Pictionary and charades and never have I ever and it's the perfect way to break the ice and get things moving into a sexier direction. And if you guys are going on Bliss, you go on any swinger party, cruise, whatever it is, and you're wanting the best swinger attire on the market, go to foreplay.com slash shop. We have all sorts of different sort of clothing, ups down pineapple bags, and everything you can need for a trip, a vacation, or just a fun night at home. Go to foreplay.com slash shop to check out all the swinger attire we have. We also have a course. It's an intro to swinging course. You can find more about that at foreplay.com slash learn. It just goes over everything that we wish we would have known as newbies first going into the swinging lifestyle. It just helps newer couples navigate their way into the swinging lifestyle a little bit easier. And you can find that again at foreplay.com slash learn. And it also comes with our game foreplay unlimited. And so if you get the course, you also get the game. Lastly, you guys are listening to a podcast about Bliss Cruise and we want to see you guys on bliss cruise where we'll be there in november so if you guys book through us it will help us a lot and if you're going on temptation cruise in february of 2022 and you book through us it would also help us a lot there so you can find that information about that in the show notes below back to the show there was a dungeon which was on deck four i think that also falls into the playroom category it's more of a bdsm kink type of not more it definitely it is, it is, it is just yeah. a dungeon yeah. the people who were in charge of it are from secrets in florida mm-hmm. and so the dungeon that is connected to secrets is it's the same people and so mm-hmm. they did that but yeah so you went in there last time there was a line because it was a very small room i mean really small i bet at any given time there was maybe 40 people in there if it was full 
and that's like when it was full. So it was really small, but they had, I don't know all the terminology for the thing, but they had some things where people could be like suspended from, and they had all the different toys and things where people would get bent over and flogged. I do not know all the terms for all of those. Um, they had a cross. Crosses, and yeah, I don't know all those names, but they did have that, and it was a really cool, it was one of the most sexy atmospheres, I'd say, of any of the clubs. It was backlit with red. It was just, uh, it was like a sexy environment in there for sure. So that was a cool thing. If BDSM and kink is your thing, then it's definitely a nice area to have on the ship. They had, it seemed very luxurious, I feel like is the word. Um, All of the chairs, I felt, seemed quilted, if that makes sense. Almost like a queen or a king in like an old Victorian type era movie would sit on. And Mm -hmm. all of, they had so many toys that it was crazy. And you could use them, they just asked you to clean them before and after use and there were some so jason and i aren't huge into the kink scene we just don't know much about it honestly well we did spoiler alert we did have our first kink experience in this room but that's going to be for another podcast (laughs) and um anyways what was i saying i got preoccupied in my brain with what happened Oh, yeah, all the toys. So they had all of the toys set out. And, and this was so cool because I didn't know this about kink, but you ha- they had toys that weren't just sex toys. So they had... A meat tenderizer. <laughs> and they had that in there. And like nails, like a screw and nail, like a nail you would hammer into a piece of wood. Lots of kitchen <clears throat> appliance. Not appliance. Oh, kitchen like chopsticks. It was cool. It was, yeah. just, it was just so neat. Things that I would have never realized were a kink item. Yeah, Yeah. it was cool. It was really cool. The main club was on the promenade deck. So that was from about 10 to 12 every night. And that was the theme night. Mm -hmm. And everybody would dress up and you would just hang out. It was a really long strip of area. So it's not really a club. It's more of like an area where everyone hung out and drank and partied. But I don't know if you could call it a club. But I would say that is one of the club-like places. Yes. And so then after that, you would go to one of the after parties. And the biggest one was in the Studio B club, which is usually where they do ice skating. And it's just this huge square. And then they had drinks there. Like There was a bar where you could get drinks. And then it was cool because because that's where they do the ice skating. There was a stadium seating, I guess. And so whenever you were tired from dancing, you could go sit there. And that was the most pop-in place for Mm -hmm. dancing. For sure. It was so packed in there every single night. And I said it was really nice because if you wanted to go like sit down and have a break for a second, there was like hundreds of seats where you could go sit and kind of watch people dance. But that club almost every night was shoulder to shoulder packed with people. It was really, really cool. They also had other clubs, too, that weren't near as busy at all. I would say like 5%. No, there was one other club that was really busy. There's a club that plays Latin music, and I don't remember, but Boleros is what I think what it's called. It's on the promenade deck, or promenade deck, and it was more a live band playing Latin music, and it was a lot of like bachata and salsa type music, and that area would be really big, and then people would leave that area and go down to the Studio B and dance a lot. But that area was more busy during the... Because it's on the promenade deck. So that was busy during the promenade time. Mm-hmm. So from mm-hmm. about 10 to 12 was when that place would be busy. But then the only club after that I feel like would be Studio B. And yeah. then they had other clubs too. But nobody really went into there. Yeah. There was one called like Blaze. You'd have people in there. There was a karaoke place. 
which mm-hmm. I would say stayed pretty busy. There was a bar in there, so you could go and have drinks, but there definitely wasn't dancing. But I guess that wasn't their big hangout spot. That was, I think, usually from like 9 to 12 or something like that each night. And so that was kind of like another little fun area you could hang out when you were on there for sure. There was another club-ish type place where they had live music, and it was on the eighth floor. And there were certain nights where those were really busy whenever the main Studio B one was closed. And they did do the coolest party on the entire ship was the glow night. On the glow night, so on this ship, if you look up Oasis of the Seas, you might get a better idea of what it looks like. But towards the back of the ship, they have this aqua theater, which is basically they do these water shows out there. But they blocked it all off and made it like an outdoor nighttime dance. And it was a glow party. It was dark. And it was awesome. So there's a rule that you can't necessarily show pictures with other people in it. I wish that we could, but I mean, it looked like a music festival. It looked like EDC. It was crazy. It was so cool. It was the coolest part of the entire night or of the entire ship. I mean, everyone was just decked out in glow stuff and it was just, the weather was perfect that night. Like it was just cool outside. It was awesome. So every day there was always different little areas and clubs and stuff to party at, but it just kind of depended on the day where everybody went. But the Studio B, I think, was the biggest party place everywhere out of everything overall. During the day, the main party area was on the pool deck. There were three big pools and so many different hot tubs. I don't even know how many, maybe six or seven, eight different hot tubs. And there was one pool right next to the slides that we feel like was the really busy, busy pool. And that's where most of the people were. And whenever they had the pool games, that's where they would do it. And there was some areas where you could dance right in the front area where there was live music and they also had some games there. The other pools weren't as busy, I would say. There were also two huge slides, which were super, super fun. And I know a lot of you will have questions about where can you be nude? Was it just topless or what was it? So this cruise was full nude optional. So it was clothing optional. And the only places where you could be clothing optional was outside on the pool decks or in the playroom. And you would walk around and you would just see naked people. It was crazy. It was cool. It was awesome. It was very freeing. Um, I um, I feel like a majority of people, a majority of women were topless. Most men, I would say, weren't complete. I don't think most people were completely nude. Mm-hmm. It was more topless people. I never went completely nude. Other, but there than, definitely was people that were. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. And which is awesome. Yeah, but I'm it's just cool. saying. Like, yeah. In general, I would say more topless than full nude. But there were a lot of full nude as well. Mm-hmm. It was really cute too, because in the playroom, well, in the solarium during the day where you couldn't play, it was just open as a pool area because they had a pool there too with hot tubs, and the beds were open. You just weren't supposed to have sex there during that time until ten o'clock. And we would walk in, and there would be couples just naked and sleeping, taking a nap, just holding each other or holding hands. It was just so sweet. Yeah. And the rules were that for nudity, you could be nude whenever you were three miles away from a port. And you could also be nude. There was one day that we went to Coco Cay, which is the island, which is Royal Caribbean's island. And there was no other ships there that day. You were also allowed to be nude at port that day. Because there was nobody else there, but the rest of the time you couldn't be topless, you couldn't be nude unless you were at least three miles away 
from a port and you were at sea and that was that was the rules for when you could be naked on the pool decks you also can't have sex or be doing sexual acts anywhere other than the playrooms or in your cabin so it's not like you're out at the pool and your people get it giving blow jobs mm-hmm. and like having sex and stuff you're not allowed to do that and yeah. those playrooms the People who work on the ship, the Royal Caribbean workers, are not allowed to be in there. So the only workers that were in the playrooms were hired by Bliss. Yeah, and I did see Bliss people stopping people from doing stuff. I saw people like doing stuff in the middle of the day, and Bliss people would go over and say, hey, you can't do that. So they were like very strict about that rule of no fucking in the regular daytime just – out in areas. So this podcast is going a little bit, we, we didn't realize how long it was going to take to talk about everything. So I think instead of having one podcast, it's like an hour and a half long. I think we're actually going to break this podcast up into two parts. The next part, we're going to talk about some food, activities, shows, music, advice, our experience overall, and then talk about if we would go again or not, which obviously, spoiler, we are going again. <laughs> um, but if you want to tell us some more about that, we're going to post these podcasts two weeks in a row. So just look for part two to come out the next week, but we'll get into more of those other details. We just don't want it to be too, too long of a podcast. So that will end part one. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will hit you with the outro. Bye. If you'd like to support the show, you can leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening to our podcast. All our information will be listed in the show notes below or at our website, foreplay.com. That's the number four, O-U-R-P-L-A-Y.com. You can email us at hello at foreplay.com with any questions or comments or head to foreplay.com slash ask. We have a digital online game called Foreplay the Game. It's the ultimate adult party game for the sexually inclined and perfect for breaking the ice. You can find more information at foreplay.com games. We give away one free game of Foreplay Plus a month to a listener who writes a review, so just screenshot your review and email it to us for a chance to win. We have swinger and lifestyle clothing and accessories at foreplay.com shop and courses at foreplay.com learn. We also have a Discord community and Facebook group and would love for you guys to join us. You can find the direct links in the show notes below. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Foreplay Podcast and TikTok at Foreplay and at Foreplay Official. I have an OnlyFans, which you can find at OnlyFans.com slash VIP or my free one at Bella Free. And if you want daily updates from me, you can add me on Snapchat at HeyBellaLuna. Lastly, we're on Cassidy and SDC at Bella and Jace, and you can get a free 30-day full membership by using our link. Again, all of our information will be listed in the show notes below, and we thank you so much for listening to our podcast. See you in the next one. Bye!